If God initiates it, he will sustain it. Yeah. With his power, with his provision, with his resources. And dude, I, I'm telling you, I'm seeing that because there's no way I could have initiated this Steelers thing. I don't know people like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not me. But like God brought this and and I'm watching, Adam. Like I'm watching that God's provision, his like the energy sustainability of jumping into an NFL season and having no clue how to do it and all this being on the road and all these things that I, I dude, I don't travel. It's not my thing, right? I'm watching as he's providing energy. He's providing resources. He is sustaining this whole thing. I, I can't. I'm in a position where I literally cannot sustain it myself. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. You hear me talk a lot about faith, but you might not know where this originated from. Yes, it was from Jesus, but Jesus does use people as vessels to deliver his message. That's why I am super honored to be with the man who started me on that journey, uh, former pastor Kent Chevalier of the Northway Wexford campus, who is now actually the chaplain for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just another testament of how Jesus is using our abilities in calling us into an arena that we wouldn't feel like we'd be blessed to do, yeah. but here we are serving. Um, so guys, I'm really excited about this. I know you've seen a lot of shift in my social media about faith and really being open and vulnerable, vulnerable about that process. Uh, but that's honestly, in my opinion, what's really going to save us as a profession and as individuals to reconnect with our purpose and live a fulfilled life so that we can dispense our full potential to those that we serve and work with in the profession. So, uh, Kent, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Adam, thank you for having me, man. It's a privilege to be here. So I am really excited about this, guy. So uh, a little bit about me. Uh, you guys know that I went through a huge transition a few years ago, and it started with this guy. I mean, I, I literally was at the lowest point of my life, and I just felt lost. And I said, hey, I've been living my life on my terms forever, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to change. Like, I, I clearly can't do this on my own. So I literally fell to my knees and surrendered to God. And I met with Pastor Kent, and uh, he connected me to a man who led me in a Bible study. He connected, and that led me to making lifelong friends of people rooted in Christ. Yeah. So that's really what I found to be a source for all the stuff that I do. All the inspirations, uh, becoming a professional international speaker, uh, the most influential pharmacist. Like, that's not me, guys. That's Jesus using me as a vessel. And that's really the message that we want to talk about is how you can come connected to your purpose in living a fulfilled life once you surrender your life to Jesus and do his work. Mm -hmm. And that all hinges on the concept of faith. And another reason that I wanted uh, to have Kent on the podcast is this one idea, this little seed that was planted in my head many years ago came from a sermon that you gave. And the key concept with that was that, and it was what I was doing wrong for so much of my life. I was, you know, we're, we're type A people. We love to make lists. We like to check things off in a box. So whenever I was going through the first 20 plus years of my life, I thought, you know, faith is just a box to be checked. Hit up church on Sunday and we're good. But one thing that Kent said 
stuck with me, and you guys have probably heard me say this so many times, because it's truly changed my life. Faith is not meant to be a priority in your life. Faith is meant to be central to all priorities in your life. And that is like the one of the best sermons I've ever heard in my life. Oh, geez, man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but seriously. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that whole concept yeah. and how we can apply that to life? Absolutely. When you, when you take a look at the scriptures, you never see Jesus chasing anybody. Right. Um, so when I when I first heard that concept, so my my mentor who heard that concept from his mentor, who probably heard it from his mentor, and, and for me, that's what the Christian faith is all about. Yeah. Right. Is being able to take these truths that embed in our hearts, and this is exactly what you're doing now. That concept that faith is meant to be central to all of our priorities, that was passed on to me from my mentor, Dave Beering. Right. And so he heard it from his pastor. And the idea is, is this, is that when you think about priorities, right? So if I think about my priorities, so my wife is my number one priority, right? It doesn't matter what. And throughout my day, yes, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do the, but, but my wife at the end of the day is my number one priority. And when you think about priorities in and of themselves throughout your day, your priorities take, um, you know, shape, right? So they, they'll fall. So when, I'm, when I wake up next to my wife, right, she's number one priority. When I come out and I see my daughters, boom, they come up to that priority level. Yeah. You know, and, and so my work then can then throughout the day, it can take the number one priority while my wife, I'm not seeing her, my daughters, I'm not seeing them, but my faith is taking, or excuse me, my work is taking that priority. Yeah. And so many people will say, they'll, sell, they'll say things like, God wants to be number one in your life. And that's not true. Okay? God does not, he does not desire to be number one in your life. He desires to be central to everything in your life. Whether that's with a spouse, whether that's with your kids, whether that's with pharmacy, whether that, you know, name the domain of society that you work in, and God still wants to be central in your life as you go about your business. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's why when I look at that, um, it's been so impactful for me because it was a game changer in the way that I thought because I'm going, ah, oh, man, I need to, my wife, you know, it's God, my wife, my kids, but then I would feel guilty when I might not spend time in God's word. Yeah. Or I might feel guilty if I, you know, I see that priority falling and I, oh, I backslide, I make stupid decisions and oh God, I keep forgetting about you. And, and it helped me think, no, God wants to be central to every possible priority that I have. So he's not a priority in my life. He's central wow. to everything. Guys, that concept changed my life. And if you really think about that, that'll really get the wheels turning. And I think it speaks to actually two big things that we face, not only in pharmacy, but in healthcare overall, this uh, concept of wanting to achieve and make a name for ourselves. That being like, okay, we've got to go to church. We've got to read this many chapters a day. And if you focus on doing that because of achieving versus really shifting your heart to make that central in every area of your life, totally different thing and you might think like well i'm doing the things like i'm in a bible study i read this i do that so I, i'll be closer to god it's about what's rooted in your heart of why you're doing those things 
And once you make that shift, it'll really give you that freeing sense that you can be more present with other things in your life. Because, I, and if I can just, absolutely, you know, because hold on to your second thought yeah. there, that when you said about making our name famous, right? You know, I don't know if you know this about Pittsburgh, but there back in the 1950s, there was a man who moved from Manhattan to Pittsburgh. And the reason that he moved to Pittsburgh, his name is Sam Shoemaker. If you research him, his ties are to the beginnings of alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Um, a huge movement in Pittsburgh through the leadership of this guy. Here's what he said. We want to make Pittsburgh as famous for God ah. as it is for steel. Yep. So it's not about our name being famous. Like, who cares that I'm the chaplain of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like, honestly. I'm I'm there to lift up the name of Jesus. Yep. And so Steelers Nation is is going to be introduced if I have any, you know, influence is going to be introduced to the name of Jesus. Yep. Not Kent, who cares? They don't even know my name. They don't even know how to pronounce my last name. Is it <laughs> Chevalier? Is it Chevy Cavalier, you know? It's all about Jesus. Let's yep. make his name famous Absolutely. in whatever it is that we're doing. If it's pharmacy, if it's business, if it's law, if it's, you know, arts and entertainment, let's make his name famous. So anyway, I just know. Absolutely. That. And literally that's when my whole life changed. So about, I've been doing the fit pharmacist and all my work for about close to 10 years now, but you guys didn't start hearing about me until about three years ago, because that's when I put my own ego, my own priorities aside of my own me, me, me. And I literally fell to my knees and said, you know, what I've been doing for most of my life clearly has not been working. So I lay down my life and surrender fully to you. And as soon as I do that, that's step one. But it's not just there. You have to continually give all glory back to God. And once I started doing that and having a pure heart with that, that's when you guys started to hear me. That's when I became so influential. And again, not me but Jesus using me as that voice to do that. And then I literally got into speaking and all those other things that you guys know. Um, but that's what I want to make clear. And, and I meet you guys at conferences and I'm very humbled by all the kind words, but you say like, how do you do all this stuff? And that's, that's the thing is it's not me. It's him using me as a vessel. So I know this sounds crazy, but it's true. And I'm a testament to that. And so is Pastor Kent. Uh, it's something that will literally change your life once you give your life back to Jesus. Because we all try to you know, heal ourselves and try to fix. The most qualified person to heal your soul is the one that created it. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you really have to take to heart, but then also put into action in all areas of your life. So absolutely, that's, that's the biggest thing right there. The second thing is in pharmacy. Oh, I, was, I was glad that you were going to get back to the second. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought I'd, I thought I'd turn oh, no, you no. off for a second. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming back. The okay. second thing is in pharmacy, the word stress is kind of synonymous. You might say, someone might say, like, how do you spell pharmacy? S-T-R-E-S-S. -S. Like, it's that synonymous. And in healthcare, regardless of what profession you're in. And that comes down to the fact that we're so busy, not just in work life, but in life life having family, uh, having friends, going out, working on your personal brand, social media, and then there's work and continuing education and all these things. So it's very easy to get lost in the busyness. And when you have opportunities to go to a Bible study or to meet someone one-on-one -on -one with coffee, where's the coffee? There's the coffee. Yeah. 
and talk about these deep things, it's very easy to say, oh, I'm too busy. So a lot of times we get caught and swept up in the busyness of life and feel like faith is just this other thing mm -hmm. and, and God's for Sundays and these types of things, but then we get lost in the busyness. Right. So that's the, the, the other thing I really want to talk to because this is something that a lot of us in healthcare face is we don't have time for God. We don't have time to go through this life transformation. Right. So my question to you, because you work with not just people in healthcare, but people in all walks of life, right. different ages, all, all kinds of things. I mean, you, right. you have seen some, some things. Absolutely. Like so, this concept of, so I would, what we're talking about here is, is rhythm. Yes. It's, it's rest. Like when you think about how God created us, he created us with rhythm and rest in mind. Like in the Old Testament of the scriptures, um, the reason, and, and this gets all messed up today, but the, the concept, his character, his, his reason behind it is because he wanted us to rest in him, like to have a rhythm. If you look at the rhythm of how he created and, and he ordered everything, he designed it with a rest in mind. Yeah. So work, absolutely. That's a part of who we are. Crush it. Go after it. He, when he first created, right, he's like, work. Work the garden. Work and name all these animals. Do all this stuff, right? And, and so work is a part of his design, but then rest is also a part of his design. When I think about the Steelers right now, all of these guys at the time of this recording, um, they're in their off-season. And what I learned about their bodies, right, as I'm hearing and overhearing the strength and conditioning coaches and all of this, is that their bodies absolutely must rest. So everybody thinks that they're in the weight room all the time, just pumping iron, doing their, you know, and, and their bodies, as you well know, they need rest. Absolutely. So they have their, they're not allowed to lift two days prior to a game. Yep. Absolutely. And once they then exert themselves so hard after a game, it's designed that they get on the plane right away so that the body, it's got to be able with air pressure and all that stuff to get home quickly so that their body can rest. Wow. And they say, get off of your feet, hydrate. It's, it's just wisdom, right? Yeah. Where did they get that from? It, God created us that way. Rest and rhythm uh, is a part of who we should be. We get all out of whack when we don't rest and we don't know how to rhythm our days in such a way um, that if we do not know how to, what I would call soul care, your spiritual rest, if you don't know how to do that, you're going to be out of whack. Absolutely. So you guys know that I'm like the self-care guy, soul care, literally. And I talk about the three pillars of self-care, about your mindset, your nutrition, your physical fitness. But what you've heard me talk a lot about is the fourth leg. So you've got three legs on a tripod, but if you've got four, but really it's the foundation and that's literally soul care, yeah. having that central. Um, but yeah, that's, that's funny because talking about fitness and, and rest. So you've got the creator of the universe, okay, who spoke everything with just words, literally everything we have. And he rested for a whole day. So if he rests, what makes you think? that you can hustle and grind and crush it yeah. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or as some people say, 30 hours a day, Yeah. right? So, and, and this is coming from someone that used to do that, by the way. And I know you guys think like, I do work 30 hours a day with everything I do, but again, that's not me, that's him using me, but having that investment in self-care and soul care 
doing less will actually allow you to achieve more right. and achieve meaning impact on others by the blessings that you've been given by Jesus. So yeah. I agree with that 100%. See, I, I'm seeing this thing going around on social media about productivity. Ah, Right. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Um, where it talks about it's divided in two lines. You know, the top half is what I thought would make me productive. And it's a pie chart. And, and in it is, you know, 95% <laughs> yeah. hard work, yeah. right? And then 5% is like, you know, I forget what it is, but it's like rest or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Then the bottom of the graphic is what actually makes me, you know, productive. And it's the pie chart is split almost evenly between play, uh, rest, hard work, um, hobbies, you know, all of these things that are all about soul care, you know, taking care of your physical health, eating nutrition, you know, wise. Where did we, like, if we dig into that, that all comes from our creator. Yeah. He's the one who suggests it in the scriptures. This is good for you. Do it this way. We got it all out of whack. Yeah. So that's, I, I love that we're talking about it because I, I become passionate about, because I hate the word balance. That is yeah, not, it doesn't exist. It doesn't yeah. exist. Integration. I, I love the word rhythm. Yeah. We're to, we are beings who have been created for a rhythm. Even our bodies. Think about it. The beating Circadian of the heart. rhythm. Right. Yeah, right there. Exactly. Look to nature for the answers. Like, seriously. Yeah, exactly. Like seasons of life. Yep. The, the whole, all those concepts come back to nature and just looking at the prime example. So we touched on mentorship. Yeah. What, who's the better mentor than the creator of the universe and the creator of you? I mean, seriously. Right. So I agree 100% with that. I'm so excited to present to you Gen Z Pharmacist. This book has been in the works for four years and not only will walk you through in a step-by-step -step format how to dominate pharmacy school and script your dream career, but it also includes 22 interviews from the most impactful professionals in our profession. You know, one of the first things I thought of as I read through this book was, wow, I wish I would have had this available to me in pharmacy school. And I graduated back in 2008, but what an incredible, timeless resource. It is all about how to make the most out of your time as a pharmacy student and how to really prepare yourself and get ready to make that transition into new practitioner life. Hey guys, I am just checking out this book by Dr. Adam Martin. Goes through some great examples of some successful pharmacists uh, to really give you some great inspiration as you're thinking about what you want to do when you finish pharmacy school. So it's a great book for you to check out and um, hope all of the pharmacy students will get a copy and be prepared for the Gen Z Pharmacist. The other thing that really helped you in having your message and, and that Jesus used you to deliver that message and, and something that I resonate with too is that whole concept of influence. So again, once I surrendered my life, that's when my life changed. That's when I really felt like I was living again and we're called to do things that we don't feel qualified. And this whole idea of imposter syndrome is huge because it's rampant, especially with people that are striving. So uh, if you're a pharmacy student or a pharmacist, chances are you're very type A, you're driven, you wanna get there. Uh, but sometimes when you get in that arena, when you reach your calling, you feel that you're not qualified or you start saying, who am I? Or, you know, what, what am I supposed to do with this? I've never done this before. 
But that's where the concept of faith comes into play. Because you might want to, and we all do, I mean, me too. We want to know what the plan is. Like, if I do this, will that happen? Like, I want to know the plan. But that's not what faith is. It's walking forward when you can't see. And that's so central. And I want you to just share your story of how you went from pastor who was crushing it (laughs) to now you're Steelers chaplain and you're traveling the world with other NFL chaplains to really bring that whole message to the most influential people of our day. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been a local pastor, local church pastor, 22 years now Um, and and love the local church like um, and all of a sudden, I, you probably have experienced this, where you, you just feel like something's off, right? It's, you love what you do, but something inside is going like, man, this, this isn't, I, I'm losing my passion. I'm yeah. losing my, like, and you just feel fuzzy. Yeah. I, I like to call it that, you know, during this season, I, I was all fussed up on the inside, right? And, and so during this time, a Steelers player came to be a part of our church. And after our services, we always say, hey, if any of you are new, would you come out to the Connect Center? And, and he made a beeline for me. Um, he had just got traded and he came here. It was one of his first weekends. And he said, man, I'd love to grab coffee with you. So I go, and I'm like, sweet. I'm a huge, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge with me, Steelers, me with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Steelers fan. I've grown up in Pittsburgh my entire life. Um, and so I'm like, sweet, let's do it, you know. We go out to coffee, and, and as we strike up a friendship, um, he explains to me that the Steelers don't have a chaplain. And I'm like, what's a chaplain? And, and he says, well, it, it's basically the pastor of the team. And I was like, what? You know, I, I had kind of heard about, you know, the, the idea, but I didn't know that that's, you know, so you get in there, you do Bible studies with players, coaches, wow. with front office. Um, and so you know my heart for discipleship. Yeah. And, and so... This guy invited me to think about it. Um, I began to be stirred inside of like, I wonder if it could be me. And is this the thing that I'm fussed up about? As if I know that God is creating me, like creating this stir inside of me to take this leap. Um, Because what that means, so nobody knows this. Everybody thinks, oh, yeah, you're the Steelers chaplain. Woo, you know, you get paid by the Steelers. No, I don't. Um, this is a complete leap of faith because Erica and I, my wife and I, we had to make the decision to walk away from a consistent salary and to become full-time missionaries with an organization called Athletes in Action. And we were scared. Absolutely, absolutely scared. You've got daughters, you've got family. You've i got, got three future. daughters, 18, 16, and 12. I'm staring college right in the face. I'm staring, hopefully, potential weddings, you know, in the face. How am I going to pay for all this? And I walk away from a consistent salary and and make the leap to now become a full-time missionary. And the only reason that I would have done that, and quite honestly, I'm still doing it afraid. That's yeah. that's like my message in my heart right now, that it's, a, you know, faith isn't the absence of fear. Faith, stepping out in faith is being able to know, okay, I see what's ahead of me. I, I am afraid that I'm not going to have enough money. I, I'm afraid that I'm, you know, my okay, when my daughters get to college, how the heck am I going to pay for it? That doesn't mean, I see that. I'm wise. I can see those things, and I'm yeah. trying to think ahead. But what I know for me is that I know who's behind me. 
and who has called me, who has this idea into my heart. And so I'm going, well, if he called me to do it, it's his problem, not mine. You know, I, and so this, this idea of I see what's ahead of me and I'm afraid of it, but I'm going to do this afraid because I know who called me to do it. So yeah. that I, I was introduced to Coach Tomlin. Um, he was looking for and hoping for a local Pittsburgh couple to be able to minister to the team. And so Erica and I fit the mold. Um, We took this step of faith. We are, I mean, it's an adventure because we have no idea what we're doing, Um, but it's ministry. It's people. It's what I've done for the last 22 years, just not in the local context of the church vocation. Yeah. Now my vocational platform has changed but I'm, I'm doing the same thing. It's all about lifting up Jesus' name in this NFL platform now. Yeah. How do I do that with players, with their wives or girlfriends? That's Erica's job, right? She, she's the chaplain to all the ladies of the organization. I'm the chaplain to all the guys of the organization. Players, coaches, front office, staff, interns. It's, the way that we kind of see it is the Pittsburgh Steelers is the church that we now have been called to shepherd. Um, and, and we're loving it, but we're still doing it afraid because we, we got to figure out, okay, a month from now, where's that money coming from? Yeah, that's I'm trusting God for that. So guys, money talks, right? So you leave security. So it's easy to say like, oh, step out in faith. But when not only yourself, but more importantly, when you're, when your wife, when you're three kids and it's not like they're like two years old, right? College is like next year. Yeah. That's literally stepping out in faith over fear. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's already sweating. What, what did about I do? It. Don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just so phenomenal because that is a true walk of faith. And that's yeah. really like inspiring yeah. uh, to do that. Thanks, man. And I think that's awesome that God, and this is how I view it, God uses our familiarity as kind of training grounds and then says, you know, you're ready. And this is a phrase that I heard for many years and it's kind of one of those things that you, you hear it and it's cliche, but you don't really understand it until it comes into your life. And that's being, you know, if God calls you to it, he will lead you through it. Right. And that's, it sounds simple and catchy and let's and make a meme about it. But yeah, yeah, this is, I, there's a principle that I've been living by that, that may help. Um, it's something that I heard again from my mentor that he heard from somebody else. And it goes like this. Um, if we initiate it, so like our work, our, you know, I'm going to create all this stuff. If I initiate it, I have to sustain it in my own strength, in my own power, with my own finances, with my own, my own, my own. If I initiate, I have to sustain it. However, if God initiates it, he will sustain it. Yeah. With his power, with his provision, with his resources. And dude, I, I'm telling you. I'm seeing that because there's no way I could have initiated this Steelers thing. I don't know people like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's not me. But like God brought this and and I'm watching, Adam. Like I'm watching that God's provision, his like the energy sustainability of jumping into an NFL season and having no clue how to do it and all this, being on the road and all these things that I, I dude, I don't travel. It's not my thing, right? I'm watching as he's providing energy, he's providing resources, he is sustaining this whole thing. I, I can't, 
I'm in a position where I literally cannot sustain it myself. I He's know. I know that feeling because that's the whole last year. That was it. Is at the end of 2018, I felt called to get into speaking and literally be a voice in pharmacy. And I'm like, I don't know speaking. Like, <sighs> I gave presentations in pharmacy yeah. school, but I just felt called. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know people. I don't have training. I don't have these skills. Right. But I just went forward. And these things would just miraculously happen. And I think you could speak to that too. Is yeah. You just keep going and things just fall into place. It's like effortless. Right. And yeah. that's just so that that's just reassuring that yes, you're on the right path. Yeah, because, and it's not that the work is effortless. Oh, there's still work. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm working like a dog because I've been called to work hard. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna lay my head down at night, exhausted, but fulfilled. It's aligned. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so it. You're not exhausted because like I don't I don't know how to like I'm at my end. You're burned I mean, out. Right. And you feel like you're spinning your wheels. It's a yeah. satisfaction of the soul. But man, I worked hard that day. Yep. You know, not to the neglect of my wife or my family. You know, the so my wife, going back to the priority thing, my wife's my number one priority. I date my wife every week. Oh, man. Right? Like, so I don't neglect it because I'm working hard. My daughters, I they're busy because of school and you know being basketball teams and all this. But like, I'm going to all their games as many as I can get to. I get to their games. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm with them. I'm driving them to work. All this. So it's not that work supersedes all that stuff, and that's what we call exhaustion. It, that's gonna that'll end up messing with your family. Yeah. You know, and so I don't want that. Um, but I I feel satisfied knowing that my work is being like it's aligned with his will for my life i have bent my will to his and, and now that satisfaction of the soul is coming yes each and every one of us it's we've got this peace in us that always feels very um wishy-washy unsure you know uncertain empty inside and only that can be filled by the satisfaction of your creator and what he wants for your life. And God has shown us over and over again in the scriptures, it's, it's not to harm us. It's, it's good yep. for us. And good doesn't mean easy. Oh, yeah. And simple doesn't mean easy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So work is required. And I think this is something I speak to a lot is people say like, oh, give it to God, have faith. But then they're like, oh, I have to do work. Like that's not, no, no, you got to work. God works, so you got to work. You have to have faith. It's not that it's going to miraculously fall in your lap. The way and the direction and the support will be there, but you still need to bust your butt. But what you said, I think, is, I'm really glad you said it, is working, and there, there's a difference between working and spinning your wheels and feeling unfulfilled right. versus putting in work and feeling like you're living a purpose. And this is literally the biggest thing that pharmacy in particular and healthcare is challenged with. There's an epidemic now in healthcare of burnout. Mm. It's a huge thing. And that's literally what I speak to all over the world right. uh, because people are doing work. They're working hard, but they feel just like you said, that piece is missing. So this is something that I'd really like you to speak on is mm. if someone's watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this on your podcast platform of choice and this resonates with you, you're putting in the work, you're doing the stuff but you don't feel fulfilled. You feel that fuzzy piece in you missing. What can you recommend to kind of not ignore that, 
but really confront that and have an honest conversation so that you can get to a point where you're doing work that feels bigger than yourself. Right. See, I, um, that's a great question. And that's a massive question. Yeah. It's right. So it's, this is something of, you know, generations gone by that have asked this question and until like yourself, you reach a point where you're like, I've put in the work. I've done everything. I have what I want. I, you know what I mean? And you're still unsatisfied. There has to be something out there. So I'm working right now with some young men who they, they don't need anything. Right? They have everything they could possibly have ever dreamed of. They are the pinnacle. They, they worked harder than anybody else. They are the best of the best of the best. Yeah. There is every alpha male that is ever in that locker room, and they're still empty. Mm. Doesn't matter how many yachts. Doesn't matter how, you know, how much money you have in your bank. It does not matter what, you know, how many endorsements you get they're still coming in and they're saying there's something missing. And until we intelligently approach the fact that there's something about my soul, like I like to explain it like this. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, Mm. right? So however you look at that, whatever... I've got to begin to address intellectually. Most people, when it comes to the soul, they do not intellectually approach the soul. They, they approach it by feeling. You're already feeling unsatisfied. Yeah. You know that. How do I intellectually get to the thing that is going to feed my soul? Um, and so, you know, guys all the time with me, they're saying, so wait a second. And they have all these questions about, God, Jesus, Christianity, don't all roads lead to the same? You know, doesn't this religion and this religion, aren't they all talking about the same God? And I'm like, no, they're not. If you look at the person of Jesus Christ and you look intellectually at all the different religions of the world, there is one that stands completely apart from every other. And here's how I would explain it. Every religion in the world is about what do I have to do to earn my way to heaven, to earn my way to this supreme being. How do I get there? What do I have to do? There is one world religion that I wouldn't even couch it as a religion. It's a movement. Christianity is a movement of relationship. The movement is God coming to be with us everything else is my i have to do something to be with him yeah and god took the first step by sending his one and only son jesus christ to be with us that's what the incarnation see the intellectual approach to this the incarnation is jesus christ coming to this earth as a baby to be one of us to feel like us, to think like us, to be able to experience what we experience. If you look at every other world religion, 
Nothing like that happens in those world religions. It's all what do I have to do to earn my way. And the issue is you're already trying to earn it. Yeah. And you feel that you cannot. None of us can. Yeah, it's true. And, and I, God did it for us. Yeah, I can speak to this because this was honestly back at my ground zero. This was one of the turning points because that's how I was living. That's how I was living. And that's how we're wired in pharmacy. Like you work hard, you get an A on the test. You get A's on the test, you graduate. Like that's how we're wired. That's how society works. It's a performance-based culture. Yes, but it's not how our soul is wired. Right. And that's what I was trying to do and why I felt empty. You know, I'm doing all these things. Why don't I feel fulfilled? I'm doing all these things. Why don't I feel like I'm doing the right thing? And that's what I learned is there's nothing you can do. And even in the Bible, it says the best thing you do is like filthy rags in the eyes of Jesus. So it's not that you have to do things to earn it. All you have to do is accept it because that gift has already been given to you from the perfect sacrifice. Yeah, and I don't know where I heard this, but I say it all the time. So I give credit to some unknown source. <laughs> um, but the idea is this. You cannot do anything, right? Yeah. And, and when you think about the God who loves us so much, to send his one and only son, to die on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins... There's nothing I can do to earn that, but he did it for me. And therefore, there's nothing that I can do that will make God love me more. And the you know opposite is true. There's nothing that I can do that will make God love me less. He loves me, period. That's it. God loves me, period. Yes. That's why he did what he did, and I can't do what he did. He did it for me. Every other world religion says, I must do. And God of the universe who sent Jesus, so the God of Christianity, said, I did it for you. So just receive it. So there's a book I just finished reading speaking to that, Search for Significance. Yeah, it's good. Have you read that one? I, I've, heard, I've like read the um, about it. But it's, it's speaking right to this concept, and it's all based on the Bible. of, And, and this is how we're wired, and I feel like this is something that uh, our profession, pharmacy, really does. We try to achieve things to earn that right, or we try to do things to be good or holy or whatever. But it, it's really just accepting yeah. and, and having that conversation. And, and, the, and a question to think about, you know, so I'm, I'm asking a lot of these young men that I'm working with at the Steelers, what happens when it's gone? Right? So yeah. if you've worked your entire life to get to the NFL and the average NFL player, if, if you actually get to the contract, the average NFL player is, is three to four years, right? If you don't get that contract, you're less than three yeah. in the NFL. You worked your entire life to get there and it's less than three years. So what happens when this is all gone? Yeah. Wow. What what happens when the the money dries up? What happens, you know, when, you know, think about what could possibly take place in the pharmacy industry. Yeah. And stuff could be gone and then you're left like you've worked your entire life for this and then it might be gone. Changes all over the place. Just I mean, you guys know, yeah. look at Amazon, like the whole community pharmacy is not like it's changing on a daily basis. Right. It, things just change. Like, look right now when we're filming this, there's the whole coronavirus going on. That's affected everything. And that changed very quickly. Very quickly. So what are you going to do? How are you going to feel fulfilled? How are you going to have that purpose when what you've relied on is built on sand? 
when you could rely on the source of everything. So that's something really to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm really excited about this. I really appreciate this conversation Dude, because privilege. it gives yeah. me a lot, a lot, me a lot to think about. Like I'm taking mental notes. Like, okay, yeah. I gotta yeah. check on this, check on this. Uh, but hopefully this speaks to you guys in the biggest thing that we face of how are we going to feel fulfilled? What is going to really fill our soul in doing meaningful work? How are we going to use our position as pharmacists, the, one of the most trusted healthcare professions, when patients come to you and they are hurting, maybe not just physically from a condition, but hurting in here. We are positioned to have that impact. And that's why I think that faith is so essential in the profession of pharmacy and healthcare overall, because we are stewards of that. We're not just medication deliverers. I agree. We're hope dealers. That's good. And that's something literally that so I good. embody. I have yeah. a hat that says hope dealer. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. so, yeah. I told yeah. you I'm weird. That's good, man. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But that, well, because when you think yeah. about it, what you are doing in the industry of pharmacy is rooted in the character and the nature of God, your creator. Yeah. Right? So when you take the time to individually look in a person's eye who is receiving the medicine that God gave the ability to someone to create. Yeah. And you give that personal touch, the smile, I'm not too busy for you. I'm going to take my time to individually speak hope into your life. Yeah. Think about where that character came from. Yes. It's rooted in the person of Jesus Christ who was not in a hurry. He took the time when a very sick woman came to him and asked him for help. And he, was, he spent time with her speaking with her he didn't let anybody of the hustle and bustle of the crowd who was pressing in on him he took the time with the one yep. if we can have pharmacists doctors businessmen name the domain of society if you could have every person to be able to reveal the god-given character nature of care love hope in their profession you you could literally change this world Absolutely, guys. And that's, yeah. that's my mission. And you might be thinking like, oh, that sounds great, but you don't work in my situation. Guys, I've been working full-time community for eight years. We do 600 scripts on a Monday. I don't have this like utopian thing. I have the same challenges you have. The only difference is that I focus on faith and ask not why is this person wronging me? How come I have to deal with these problems? But how is Jesus trying to use me to show the same grace he gave me to these people in these situations. Yeah. When you shift your focus, not to why is this happening to me, to how is this happening for me, not only will, you, will your life change, but you'll be able to change the lives of every single person that you serve and work with in your practice. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast. Awesome, man. So privilege. absolutely you. an honor, man. Appreciate Thank you, you so bro. much. Yeah. Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Signing off with the one and only Kent Chevalier of Northway of the Pittsburgh Sailors. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. Thanks, everyone.